Hello, and welcome back to the Books and Bones podcast, where we discuss books and their film adaptations. We're your hosts, Jelena and Jen. And this month, we're discussing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Woo! Um, <laughs> we're, we're back. It's <laughs> like, no one asked. Just kidding. Um, I was going to say, the, um, the tone of your voice makes it sound like uh, almost like a true crime or like a paranormal. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of heard that towards the end, too. And you're like, oh, I gotta make it light and I gotta, fun. I gotta make it light and fun. Uh, that's okay. It sounded good. <laughs> um. All right, so let's just jump in and get this party started. Okay, so a few notes and maybe and a couple of fun facts about the author in the book. Um, it was created... And it was written and created by Douglas Adams, who was born in 1952, and then he passed in May 2001. He was an English author, screenwriter, essayist, humorist, satirist, and dramatist. Dramatist. Oh, my goodness. It's really hard because sometimes, like, like a lisp kind of comes lisp. out. So we'll move on. <laughs> Uh, he also wrote Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency in 1987 and The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul in 1988. And he also co-wrote The Meaning of Lif. I don't know if it's pronounced Lif or Life. What? In, right here. Oh. In 1983. <laughs> and then uh, the second book, uh, The Deeper Meaning of... I'm going to just say Life <laughs> or Lif. Correct I, me if I'm wrong. I hope it's Lyft. That's yeah. hilarious. In 1990. And then The Last Chance to See. In Oh, I got those dates wrong. But anyways, uh, he also wrote two stories for Doctor Who. Co-wrote the Monty Python sketch Patient Abuse, which was the final episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. So this story, it's a comedy science fiction. And it was originally a 1978 radio comedy broadcast on BBC Radio 4. And then it was later adapted into other formats, including stage shows, the novel, which we are covering, uh, comic books in a 1981 TV series, a 1984 video game, and then the film we are going to be watching, um, the 2005 feature film. Wow. Yeah. This story has seen a lot of different meetings. <laughs> I know. Like, I wanted to, like unpack the history of it but a lot of it kind of flows into like it can it can flow into the movie as well so i was okay. just gonna kind of like keep that for that as well okay for the next time but anyways yeah. um so after the broadcast uh it was then turned into a quotations trilogy of five books that sold more than 15 million copies i plan to finish the rest of the books mm -hmm. i have four more and they're honestly really really quick reads yeah and they're, like, we're going to talk about the book, but it's just really, really funny. So I've heard from quite a few people already that it's, like, a really popular sci-fi book, but they haven't, like, made the time to read it. Mm. So, and I agree. Like, I've had this book for many, many years. I think I bought it, like, probably, like, almost 10 years ago, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Something as, like, great as that. And I finally... We're finally covering it. Yeah, but to be fair, I could say that about a lot of the books I have. <laughs> I can say that about The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I, could, I could say that for pretty much every book I own. Like, I'll buy it and I'll get to it eventually. You have, yeah, you have good intentions when you purchase it. But obviously, like, I don't know. I feel like you have to be the in the mindset. In the mood for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to sit down and be like, today I'm going to read Lord of the Rings. Only for the pure fact that I know the way it's written. And yeah. I just, my brain can't handle. Yeah. <laughs> it's very detailed. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to be looking, reading about a tree for, like, ten pages or something. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard he really goes into detail with the characters. Yeah. But let's talk about some, well, I'll give you some fun facts about the book. And then we can start talking about it, finally. Um, so the radio series was inspired by true events. The idea came to Adams when he was drunk one night laying in a field in Innsbruck, Austria. He was carrying a copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to Europe. Uh, it's a book by Ken Welsh, copyright in 1971. 
Uh, I actually looked at the book and, you know, like the the cover photo, I think for like different copies of the book, even the movie, it's like a thumbs up. Yeah. That's that's on the cover of this, oh, really? of the Europe book. And I don't know if that's like the original image, but that's what it is when I was looking it up. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll attach it to like a comparison when this episode comes out, but yeah, yeah it was pretty funny. Interesting. Yeah. And this is these are just a couple of facts about the author as a writer. <laughs> so he was a notorious deadline buster and he famously quoted as saying, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing sound as they make as they go by. Oh, sorry. I love the whooshing sound they make as they go by. As he was polishing The Hitchhiker's Guide, his publishers called Adams and demanded he finish the page he was writing to ensure that he didn't miss the de- or no, to ensure he didn't hear the deadline's whoosh. The publishing house immediately sent a bicycle courier to pick up the manuscript. Oh my god. So like you have this deadline and you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah." <laughs> Bye. I wonder if he like knew it was going to be as big as it. You know what? It has that British humor that appeals to a lot of people, I think, because mm-hmm. it's so it's so dry and it's it's almost like it's funny without trying to be funny. Yeah. You know? And that's the whole vibe I got from the entire book. It's like, oh, this is happening? Okay, great. Now this is happening? All right, cool. You guys, <laughs> you guys are going to die. Okay, bye. It's also, it's just so nonchalant. Yeah. Like, there, there's not a lot of oomph into it. Um, so, talking about his notorious deadline buster, um, when he was writing the fourth book, he was locked in a hotel room for three weeks with his editor to ensure that the book was written in a timely manner. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That sounds like me when I was in, like, university. You would lock yourself in your room? No, I would be the, like, this, it's not the same, but I would be the person that's like, I have a 10-page essay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start two days before. Oh, I see what you mean. Like, Like, uh, hardcore procrastination. Push it it to the last possible second you You know what? You work better with a fire under your ass sometimes. So it's like... You know what? When you're under pressure like that, you don't really beat around the bush. You kind of just get straight to what you want to say. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you don't, you're not, like, fluffing it up or making it sound fancy. You're like, no, this is this and this and this because this and that. Because you don't have time for that BS. Yeah. The only thing I find hard about doing that, like, you know, like a day before it's due or something, is... Like, you have the, the intro, the three-body paragraphs, and then the conclusion. I never oh. I never know how to write my conclusion so you that it how? sounds interesting. Really? Oh, I was the opposite. I, I would write, like, I would just start writing. I would write, like, maybe a, a thesis sentence mm-hmm. and then do the essay. And then I would be able to write the conclusion. Yeah. It was the intro. Yeah, no. Because... My profs, I remember, they were like, I need you to grasp my attention yeah, right at the get-go. And I'm like, but the, the conclusion is just as good. <laughs> just You got to get to the conclusion. And then it'll make sense, you know? <laughs> it's like a bad movie or kind of a bad movie. It's like kind of, eh, like in the you, beginning. You got you to gotta watch to the end to make sure that it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyways. I totally get that. I'm not saying that my <laughs> my introductions were good. I just found it easier to explain what I was talking about oh, just one time because the conclusion's like you already know what I was talking about. Like what else do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? <laughs> In conclusion. In conclusion. Of we what digress. You just read. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. I'm 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 not really calling or like exposing myself. Because I only knew about this series, I think, maybe in my early 20s or just around my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea that the number 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, so Adams explained his choice on a fan site in 1993, debunking fistfuls of fan theories about his fascination with the number. Uh, so this is what he said about it. Uh, the answer to this is very simple. It was a joke. It had to be a number, an ordinary, smallish number, and I chose that one. Binary representations, base 13, type... Is it Tibetan? 
Tibetan. Tibetan monks. Monks. All complete nonsense. Nonsense. I sat at my desk, stared into the garden, and thought, 42 will do. I typed it out. End of story. (laughs) I think I had a conversation with Courtney about this and, like... What it actually means. Yeah, and, like, I would probably... Honestly, we'd probably be able to get to the same, like, conclusion if I brought it up again. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe I'll do that for the next episode. I've seen posts online try to kind of decipher what it means and some of them kind of made sense but i feel like it's really funny that he just he's like no i just picked this i just because, picked this because like the fact that you guys came up with so many different yeah like theories and explanations is it's pretty funny to me yeah but you know what the ones who did come up with things that made sense like holy smell smokes yeah. holy smells holy smells <laughs> holy smells I was going to say a different word, but then I stopped myself. Um, But yeah, you know, like, you know, to come up with a cohesive explanation, like, that's really impressive. I just wish I had that brain. It's like, um, like, taking, like, I don't know, any kind of, like, story and, like, just deciphering the crap out of it and then going getting it more into detail with, like, lore and stuff. Yeah, like, analyzing stuff. Yeah. I it's wish like I analyzing could do that. poetry. You have to like find out what all the metaphors mean. What I was really never trying good to at talk poetry. About. Yeah, we we did a lot of that in English. I hated it. Me too. Um, okay, so this is the last thing I want to mention before we start talking about the plot. The plot. The plot. <laughs> so there's a drink mentioned in the book. Oh, <laughs> and. Let me tell you, there are different variations of this drink. Like so IRL? Yeah. Like, no, oh, IRL. Oh. I have a recipe that I think I'm going to try. Oh. And I have a recipe that I'm going to try, and I will report back and see if it actually, like, tastes good. Okay, so for those who don't know what this drink is called, it is called Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> Say that, like, ten times fast. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Pan Galactic Gargle Okay. If you get into a pattern, that's fine. So that was invented by Zaphoid Beeble. Zaphoid Beeble Brox. It's described as liking, like having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. In the novel, it's. Uh, described as the alcoholic equivalent to a mugging. (laughs) It's expensive and bad for the head. So the recipe is as follows. Take the juice from one bottle of that old Jank's spirit. Pour it into one measure of water from the seas of Santraginus. Oh my, V. Oh, the Santragon seawater. Oh, those Santragon fish. <laughs> also, this is like Wikipedia, so. Oh, but this is from the book, right? The last. Yeah. Um, allow three cubes of Arcturan Megagen to melt into the mixture. It must properly, properly, oh, it must properly uh, be iced or in benzene, or the benzene is lost. Uh, allow four liters of Fallian marsh gas to bubble through it in memory of all of those hikers who had who have died of pleasure in the marshes of Falia. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Over the back of a silver spoon float a measure of quilactin. Please bear with me with these <laughs> pronunciations. You know what? A lot of these are uh, made of words? I yeah, I hope so. I hope. Um galactin Hypermint extract, redolent, redolent of all of the heavy odors of the dark qualactin zones, subtle, sweet, and mystic. Drop in the tooth of an Algolian sun tiger, watch it dissolve, spread the fires of the Algolian suns deep into the heart of the drink, sprinkle zamphor, add an olive, drink, but very carefully. And then I found one recipe that uh, there was like about 10 of them. Okay. Probably, I think about eight or 10. Um, but I found one that I would like to try before we move on to the next book. Yeah. Um, so 
This one is called, well, I just it titled it Flavor. Like having your brain smashed out by a, lice, a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. So in a carafe, <laughs> you have 20 ounces of Jack Daniels, uh, Captain Morgan Spice Rum, Southern Comfort, Jose Servo, Tequila, <laughs> Triple Sack, Lime Cordial, Cordial. Man, I just, I don't know these names. Fresh orange juice and Sprite. Uh, I never know the names of the alcohol. I'm like, tequila. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm not very good at them. So we're just going to pretend that I am. Um, Two bags of ice and stir well. And then it just, like, yeah. I can, you know, if anyone's curious to try it with me. Actually, I'll try it first. And if it's a success, and I think... Then you'll recommend. Then I'll it. recommend it because I don't think it's fair if I like that's offer 20 it. Ounces. Obviously, I'm not gonna do twenty ounces. That's like <laughs> how many shots? That's oh my god. That's too many. That's hilarious. way too many. Um, but yeah, so that is the oh. Um. Okay. So in the <laughs> in the book, they talk about a ZZ plural Z alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the official Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Appreciation Society, which was founded in 1980. Um, owning a towel is not obligatory, 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 uh, but it is quotations about the most massively used thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. End quote. <laughs> um, if you are interested in the line of Hitchhiker's trilogy and the works of Douglas Adams, we publish a quarter. The magazine, mostly harmless, magazine, mostly harmless, with news, reviews, artwork, fiction, and competitions. So that's a real thing. That's a real thing. And there's a website. It's www.zz9.org. Huh. Who would have thought? Yeah, you can join online or you can download a membership form. And this is at the back of my book because there's like a bunch of stuff. I think, huh, you know what? I have the version where it's just all the books in Oh, one. no, you have it too. Do I? Yeah, I have that. Oh, well, maybe I do then. <laughs> yeah. And it has like little fun facts about like the press release for Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm learning a lot about this story because I didn't know that there was so much to it. You know, I almost feel like a lot of history behind it. Yeah. And it's like a community. Yeah. Because there's a lot of Reddit threads and um, or subreddits and like people are like very, very passionate about talking to about it. And mm-hmm. it's very cool to read about people's thoughts and like um, their enjoyment of the book and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that is what I have for you today. I was going to say tonight. <laughs> today, I have that for you. Um, but I have more for the movie episode. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> See, isn't that a nice plug? You got to be like, oh, but I want to know more. <laughs> but now I got to wait until the next episode. <laughs> yeah, whenever that comes out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's. Get into the plot. So let's get into the plot. Just a reminder, there are going to be spoilers. So if you have not read the book and you do want to read the book, proceed with caution. And let's go. (laughs) Can't say we didn't warn you. Yeah. All right. So this is my bootleg version of a summary. (laughs) Sorry. Because I'm very bad at explaining things. I don't know if I have said this before, but you know what? I'll say it again. I think I go too much in detail. Like... I want to get every single part that I read. And, you like, that's not a summary. Yeah, you know what? I had a hard time explaining the plot of The Phantom of the Opera because I was just straight up like, yeah, no, it's it's a there's a love triangle. Because you want to talk about <laughs> the side plots, right? But they're yeah. not really relevant to the main plot. I either go way too into the detail. <laughs> oh. I'm like, then she took her... She took her shawl off, and then she went through, you know, whatever. And she sneezed. She took her crown off. (laughs) She sneezed. She walked this way, two steps. Or, like, I'll just be really vague and be like, yeah, it's about a phantom and, like, Christine. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. There's no no one between with me. Yeah. So bear with me. Okay. So, this takes place in England, or I should say it starts in England. 
We are introduced to Arthur, who lives in a house that is about to be demolished so that a bypass can be built. Arthur then proceeds to lay in front of the bulldozer in protest <laughs> when his friend Ford Prefect, an alien doing research for the guide, shows up and tells Arthur that he needs to tell him something. Ford takes Arthur to the pub and buys, is it six beers? Yeah, six beers. Or six pints or whatever. Yeah, six pints. Uh, he tells Arthur that the world is about to end <laughs> and that he needs to drink a bowl of beer. <laughs> In the distance, Arthur's house is being demolished, but that does not matter as the world is about to end. Alien spaceships show up. Um, these are the Vogons, right? Yeah. Vogons. And they announce that they are going to destroy the Earth because they need room for a hyperspace expressway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Arthur and Ford hitch a ride on the spaceship. They're allowed to because of the Dentrasis. The Dentrasis love to annoy the Voigons. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote that in square brackets because I thought it was pretty funny. Like, they only did it because it would annoy them. Yeah. They love, like, messing around them. <laughs> okay. Arthur and Ford are discovered and thrown out an airlock into space. Now, on the other hand... In the meantime, other <laughs> things are happening. The president of the galaxy, Zaphod Beeblebrox, and his human companion, Trillian, are at an unveiling for a new spaceship, Heart of Gold, which has an infinite improbability drive. Improbability. I have a note about that. We can talk about it later. All right. Meaning it could travel through space instantaneously. And I feel like, okay, I, I did listen to Douglas Adams himself say it, but now I'm like... Did I listen? Did I hear it right? Zay, Zayfode, Zayfode. I, you know what? You know what? We'll find out when we watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's on us. We could have watched the movie. Well, you know what? I listened to a bit of the audiobook by Dallas Douglas Adams. Like he was reading it, and that's actually so cool, right? I love it when the author, like. Does the they read their own book? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's why. Maybe I should have just it, did that. Yeah, like. A lot of the weird words and, like, pronunciations actually made sense because he was the one saying it. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty Just sure. own it. And then. Safe. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'll own it. I'll own it. I'll take responsibility if it's wrong. Okay. So, however, Zayfode and Trillian steal the ship. But they are also the ones to accidentally, question mark, slash conveniently, question mark, pick up <laughs> Arthur and Ford just in time. Yeah. So Marvin, a depressed robot, leads Ford and Arthur to Zaphod and Trillian. Zaphod reveals that he is looking for the planet Magrathia. Magrathia? Magrathia, yeah. Magrathia. A planet where the inhabitants are known for custom-making planets. Mm -hmm. Ford doubts it, but as they get closer, missiles are launched towards the Heart of Gold. Arthur saves them by activating the improbability drive. The missiles turn into a sperm whale and a bowl of petunias, but the heart of gold is safe. Now, feel free to jump in whenever you want to talk about <laughs> how, like, how random, but also how it makes perfect sense. Are you talking about the sperm whale? Yeah, he's falling through. He's falling through the air, and he's like thinking about his life. He's trying to figure out new things. He's like, "Oh, it's the wind. This is the wind," and then he dies. And then he's like, "What is this what thing is at the end?" <laughs> and then splat that poor whale poor whale all right so the heart of gold lands on magrathia zaphode trillian and ford go and explore while arthur and marvin stay behind zaphode explains that he was trying to figure out why he does the things he does and why he is the way he is and he discovers that someone with the initials zb blocked off a part of his brain and then the three of them pass out. <laughs> so Arthur, he kind of leaves Marvin because Marvin's like, he doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah. He's he's depressed. He's, he's just very like, like he was, he's very monotone, I guess. Like, he kind of ruins the fun. I don't want to <laughs> say that. That sounds mean. But like, I mean, that's kind of what he does. <laughs> Anyways. Um... Arthur runs into <laughs> Slarty Barfast, who explains that the McGrathians aren't dead, just sleeping until the economy recovers. 
So, okay, I, I put this in. It's not, like, super detrimental to the plot, mm-hmm. but it's about the dolphins. Oh. <laughs> so there's an interesting section about dolphins. Oh, my gosh. And how humans thought that they were smarter yeah, than the dolphins, yeah. but dolphins are actually smarter than humans, and they knew about the destruction of the Earth, and they left before it happened. You know what's so funny about the dolphins thing, though? I've... Um, I don't know why, but sometimes on Instagram, the algorithm is so weird on your discovered page, mm-hmm. but I start seeing stuff about how dolphins are actually are smarter than us. Jin's defending like, <laughs> yeah, dolphins are smarter. You don't like, know nothing. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I I'm biased. It's, it's, they're really, they're, they are really smart. Their brain um, is the same size as our brain. Yeah. So. But they're who, smarter than us. Yeah. Who's to say that. They aren't making fun of us right now. My gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we don't have dolphins near us. <laughs> okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. So that explains the one of the infamous lines, so long and thanks for the fish. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. So an even smarter species actually exists on Earth, and it's the mice. So it goes mice, dolphins, humans. Yeah. All right. Now moving on. So Sorry Bart Fast reveals that they are making a second Earth and that they made the first one too. Because of the mice. Because of the mice. <laughs> Fucking mice. Um, so Slardy Bart Fast also reveals that long ago, a race of hyper-intelligent pan-dimensional beings, and in brackets I put Lunkwill and Fook, <laughs> created a supercomputer known as Deep Thought. So that they can learn the answer to life, the universe, and everything. However, two philosophers bust in and say that they can't do this because <laughs> they would remove uncertainty. Okay, side note. Let's hear I should have wrote this down, but it's really funny how the deep thought is just like, no, I just come back in like 7.5 Oh, wait, years. I have it. I have it. Um, and the, the philosophers are like, all right, see ya. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's right there. It's all... Okay, so they... The deep thought came back, and they're like, 42? Yelled Loon... Is it Loonqual? Loonqual? Is that all you've got to show for seven and a half million years' work? (laughs) Jeez. I thought it was so funny, though. Um, So, Earth is built, and they're they're like, you know... um, (laughs) What is a slaughter... Slarty Bartfast. Slarty Bartfist. Bartfast. He he does beautiful work in Norway. You know, he won a prize and everything for his fjords. Mm-hmm. Did you write that? Did no, I, that? I did write that. He was excited to make fjords. Oh, okay. So anyways, he wins a prize because of the beautiful, you know, yeah. structure and like whatever. But the only 15 million years of work just gone. <laughs> just destroyed him with what, like five minutes. Yeah. That's kind of funny. If that, it was pretty, like, it was pretty fast. And then he he was, like, asking Arthur. He was like, well, didn't you feel anything? And then Arthur's like, yeah, you're like, you know, I questioned. I questioned <laughs> stuff. How would you feel if you were in Arthur's shoes? I mean, I feel like he was in shock at first, but he kind of was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is my life now. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Like, Obviously, um, being on the Heart of Gold, like, that's brand new to him. He's trying to figure out, you know, why Trillion's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I feel like he reacted way better than I would have. He was so, like, nonchalant. Especially after he was, like, so determined to not let that bulldozer destroy his home yeah and like it's kind of funny too because like the reason why they wanted to bulldoze it was because they wanted to have a freeway yeah and then, and then the earth is like it had to be moved because they wanted to build an expressway yeah so it's like well shit <laughs> yeah so after deep thought says that it'll take 7.5 million years to come up with the answer uh the two philosophers leave and then like the descendants are the ones that Show up for the answer. Yeah. So, Slarty Bartfast offers Arthur... Arthur. 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 Slarty Bartfast. 
<laughs> you know what? Douglas Adams is British, so I listened to this in a British accent. <laughs> By the end of it. Slarty Bartfast offers Arthur. <laughs> okay, Slarty Bartfast offers Arthur opportunity to see the moment that the answer was revealed and so he watches a quote-unquote recording yeah and that's when the deep thought reveals that the answer is 42 so everyone is astonished and confused and some of them are like straight up mad because <laughs> they're like what what is this what does that mean um but deep thought says that they need to ask the right question i guess also known as the ultimate question yeah. Uh, Deep Thought says that he will develop a computer that will give the ultimate question and that it will be the size of a planet. So this quote-unquote computer turns out to be Earth. Mm-hmm. And that it was five minutes away to finding the question before it was destroyed. Gosh! <laughs> oh, I have a funny note about... I think I... Yeah, no, I wrote it down. Okay, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so in the meantime, Zephode... Um, Trillian and Ford wake up and discuss more about Zaphod's brain. Uh, Zaphod was told by his friend Yudin Vrax, Yudin Vrax to steal the heart of gold, but hide the reason for stealing it. And then the trio are invited to uh, join the mice for dinner. <laughs> um, Slarty Bartfast takes Arthur to join the others where they meet Benji Mouse and Frankie Mouse. Is that? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The mice tell Slarty Bartfast that they won't need a new Earth, which greatly upsets him because he was looking forward to making fjords. <laughs> uh, instead, the mice believe that Arthur's brain may hold the answer and ask him to have his brain. In exchange, they'll give him one good enough to function. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, just as things are about to get ugly, the police show up to arrest Zaphoid and the four make an escape. Uh, they return to the Heart of Gold, where they find Marvin. They leave McGrathia, and Zaphod says that they'll grab a bite to eat at the restaurant at the edge of the universe. And that's the title of the second book. Which I really want to read, so probably yeah, I'll start with that. I was not expecting this book to land, or to land, to end on a cliffhanger. They so, got me. Yeah. You know what was funny about the cops, though? It was kind of like, um, you know, in like some British shows where... Like, older British shows. I don't know if they do still do that now. But um, there's, like, like funny banter going on sometimes when yeah. it's not a really serious show. Yeah. So it was, like, uh, they were, like, oh, we don't really want to do this anymore. Like, we don't like this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I can see, like, you know, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, um, not Simon Pegg because he's, like, the super serious cop. But, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he's just kind of, like, chill. Like, if you're not familiar with it, like, think that kind of humor. Like, I think it was Edgar Wright. It's it's a British Yeah, it's it's all anyways, British. Yeah, so, so it has, like, the same type of humor where it's very why dry. Why does that not carry over into Canada? Because sarcasm... You know, okay. You know what? This is a bit of a me going off on a tangent, but have you seen that seventy three questions with Phoebe Waller Bridge? No, I have not. Okay, so one of the questions is something like, um, "What do you have in Britain that you wish you had in America, or something like that?" Yeah, like what is America lacking? Yeah, and she said, um, "I think sarcasm." (laughs) Yeah, which is you know. That's pretty true. Sometimes things are taken too seriously over here. I think I think we were we're pretty good. So I just wanted to mention something about the infinite in, improbability drive. I don't know why I just said it like that. That was weird. Well, I've been tongue tied. So yeah, <laughs> it's a wonderful method of crossing interstellar distances in a mere nothings. Oh my god! Of a second. That Without whole... tedious mucking about in hyperspace. Okay, so I need to make a comment about the whole explanation of this because, um, <laughs> I guess, sorry, hold that thought. I think that's something we kind of omitted. There's a lot of, um, side things in the book, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, there's a lot of explanations about, like, the guide and how, um, well, like, like the that- president, what, what his job is. Yeah, the, how that one, 
species, like, ceased to exist because it flew into a dog's mouth. Yeah. And- Vogon poetry. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. uh, oh, man. I was gonna, I was thinking about reading an excerpt from it, but I, I just can't. <laughs> it's just too difficult for me to, I kind of, my brain was like, what the f- I love how, what? I love how, like, <laughs> Ford was screaming like he was in agonizing oh, pain. Yeah. And then Arthur's just kind of like, oh, I kind of like it. I like, this is nice. <laughs> like, that whole explanation of the improbability drive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did I just read? I had to listen to that a few <laughs> times because I had no idea what he was talking well, and, about. And, like, it was, you know, like, I don't know if anyone's ever, like, gone through this before, but when I read a book sometimes... Um, I have a very squirrel-like mind sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> so I read it probably about, like, three or four times, and I'm like, wait, did I even read this? Yeah. And then like, you're going much sense. Yeah, and you're going much slower. So yeah. I struggled on those particular parts. Yeah. Until I was like, okay, I, I think I got it now. Yeah. Um, but some of the side effects, side effects include temporary and sometimes permanent, changes to the environment and morphological structure, hallucinations, and the calling into being of large marine mammals. <laughs> There's also a YouTube video that I watched today mm-hmm. about explaining the whole improbability, infinite improbability oh. drive. So I will ac- attach the YouTube link to yeah. that if anyone wants to check it out. See, that's what I like about the story in general because there's a lot you can explore outside of just reading it. Yeah, and, like, there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to learn more about. Like, um, well, that, for example. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, there has to be more to that. Yeah. Um, And then, like, the, the Heart of Gold, which was obviously the first spacecraft. Yeah. To make use of the, the drive. Which yeah. made, you know, kind of made sense. Yeah. Um, and then Marvin was the first person. Okay. So, another... Another thing I wanted to talk about or mention was the, uh, sorry, where is it? The GPP, which was the genuine people personalities. <laughs> and, like, he was the first robot to have been built. Yeah. With a personality. But Poor guy. Just ended up being depressed. I know. <laughs> I I love, okay. Well. <laughs> oh, see, like like, for example, this is what Marvin said. He was like. Sorry, did I say something wrong? Said Marvin, dragging himself on regardless. Pardon me for breathing, which I never do anyway, so I don't know why I bothered to say it. Oh, God, I'm so depressed. (laughs) Here's another one of those self-satisfied doors. Life! Don't talk to me about life. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I feel like that is very, um, very British. Just, like, not taking itself too seriously. (laughs) like oh i'm just so depressed oh god like he led a spaceship to commit suicide i know <laughs> oh gosh i don't know like, just... i just i just talked to it <laughs> just died i just there's just so many things in this book that i could mention okay maybe we'll start from like the beginning of the book um Ooh. here's some here's some quotes that i thought were really funny and okay. this is like this is like me getting really into the book and I'm like, okay, I, I kind of like this Yeah, humor. you do have a lot of um, stickers. There's not a lot. I have like two parts <laughs> that maybe howl with love. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's this sentence. If human being beings don't keep exercising their lips, he thought their mouths probably seize up. <laughs> and that was talking about like, uh, that was Ford Prefect talking about um, he always found it hard to talk or understand humans. Yeah. And I'm mean, like, damn, I guess you're, you're kind of right. You're on the ball there. <laughs> and then I made a dumb note where in the, you know, in like Family Guy where Peter would be like, he said it. Yeah. Um, they did say it. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And then you put, he said it. I, I did. Okay. It's right there. It's, yep, I see it. Um, and then we already talked about the improbability drive. Heart of Gold we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, sorry. There's a part um, when Arthur and Ford first landed on the Heart of Gold. Mm-hmm. And 
Ford was was turning into a penguin. Oh, right. And uh, <laughs> Arthur's limbs were falling off. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of reminded me of Inside Out in, like, that chamber where everything was, like... Abstract. Yeah. The abstract idea <laughs> chamber. Oh, man. By the end, they're just blobs. <laughs> Oh, it's just funny because uh, wasn't Arthur like, Ford, you stop that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just tired of his shit. Um, and then the relationship about, with like Trillian and Zaphoid. Zaphoid. Um So Trillian was explaining um, or... Like, there's diff- difficulties between them mm-hmm. where uh, Zaphoid would be, like, he would refuse to try to understand. Mm-hmm. So, he basically just, he wants someone else to figure the stuff out for him. Yeah. And, you know, he just uh, was learning to distinguish. Okay, so he was pretending to be stupid just to get people off his oh, their guard. Yeah. And then pretending to be stupid because he couldn't be bothered to think and wanted someone else to do it for him. And I'm like, that's, Yeah. That's- and then wasn't there a part where where it's like he might just genuinely be stupid? Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this above all appeared to Trillian to be genuinely stupid, but she could no longer be bothered to argue about it. I like the idea of like pretending to be be stupid. It's like under Promise over deliver. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. It sounds like a very president thing for him to do. Oh. oh. Don't come at me. Just kidding. We're talking about a very specific person. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to mention the serious cybernetics shipboard computer. And it's very, it. I think it's just funny the way it's written in the book because it's almost like, hey there, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a ticket prints out. Of what he just said. Oh, yeah. So it's like, hi there. It said brightly and simultaneously spewed out a tiny ribbon of ticker tape just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to spew out this ticker tape tape every single time he speaks. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. And then by the end of it, he's like, just call me Eddie, guys. <laughs> like, wow, you really must like me. <laughs> and then everyone's just like, shut up. Or Zayfoid's mostly just like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Shut up and show me what I want you to oh, show see? me. Oh, see? And he's like, hi, gang. Enthuse the computer. <laughs> this is getting real sociable, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. It's so just funny. so funny. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, um, it's like simple things, but how it, how it's delivered. That is what I appreciate. Like, if I love simple humor, like yeah. it's like, I, I love fart jokes. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> But it's it's something like that. It's just so simple. It's not forced. And it's just really easy Mm -hmm. to get. And you're like. It's like it's so simple. But it's also really clever. Because it's something you wouldn't have thought of yourself. I feel like. Oh yeah. Exactly. Or at least in my experience. You know. I love this kind of stuff. Because it's so like. Oh man. That's so funny. But like so straightforward. (laughs) Yeah. I really enjoyed the book. I thought it was super funny. Yeah. So, my favorite parts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were I took two, it away. <laughs> two in particular. Um, I'm just she was going howling to... oh, today. I, I, I don't know why I found these parts so funny. I'm just going to kind of, like, paraphrase, you know, give you, like, the bootleg, you know, review of these <laughs> jokes. Yeah. But it's the part where the Vogons just blew up Earth. <laughs> and that one Vogon tries to come onto the bridge of the ship. But, like, the captain is, like, pissed off, and he, like, sends that one Vogon off. Yeah. And the Vogon's, like, relieved because he was going to deliver the news that they no longer needed <laughs> to blow up her. <laughs> like, this, Vogon, this poor Vogon, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to tell my captain that we just blew up a planet, <laughs> and we didn't need to. <laughs> Oh, I just think it's so funny. Um, and then my other favorite part was when <laughs> Slarty Bardfast uh, shows Arthur his office. And you know what? I'll just read the part from the book because it says it better than I can. Slarty Bardfast's study was a total mess, like the results of an explosion in a public library. The old man frowned as they stepped in. 
terribly unfortunate, he said. A diode blew in one of the life support computers. When we tried to revive our cleaning staff, we discovered they'd been dead for nearly 30,000 years. <laughs> Who's going to clear away the bodies? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, I just thought, like, oh my god. I just like how they... You try to like revive them and it's, it's like yeah it's, no, it's so nonchalant like their entire like cleaning up crew is dead and he's just like who is gonna clean up this mess now like oh this is so embarrassing this is so inconvenient <laughs> <sighs> oh man yeah this book has a lot of great moments that you know i feel like everyone would find something in this book that they would like Oh, yeah, for sure, because it's almost like a sitcom. Well, obviously, okay, so it was a radio show, so it has that sitcom-y type vibe, vibe to, it. to it, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's not something that... It's it's kind of like, um, like, you know how sitcoms jump between different stories? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what yeah, this is. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. felt like. And it's so funny, and, like, it's always, it kind of keeps you on your toes. yeah. Kind of thing, and it's not too too intense, you know. No, very lighthearted. Um, I think like any of, I don't think there was really anything that was super serious. At least not Earth in my opinion. But I, but that was meant to be like. It was supposed. To be- I feel like that meant that was meant to be funny because it just turned out that they didn't have to do. That. I just picture something like, um, I don't know, just like a really funny like. Like a oops. Yeah, like, oh, okay. That's that's gone. I Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe when Trillian was thinking about the fact that Earth was gone. Yeah. She was kind of like, oh, that, wow. She wasn't quite sad about it. It was just kind of like, not shock, but it kind of hit her like, oh, okay, it's gone. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm here now. And then for Arthur, he was more like, but McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> McDonald's. The last McDonald's gone. He wasn't even thinking about his family. Yeah, he was like, oh, talking about family. all these like establishments. Yeah. <laughs> I I really enjoyed the book. I recommended it to like a few people already. Yeah. Um so if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend it. It's a pretty fast read. It's like under 200 pages. Yeah. So you can literally read it probably in a day. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, and there's and like there's nothing stopping you from going deeper into like the story too, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, I I feel like you know um, because it's not that long, you could easily like start the second book right away, and then just keep going from there, and then also like do all the research with you know like the community of it. Yeah, you can join that group. I'll say it again if in case you missed it. It is called ZZ9 Plural Z Alpha. Yes. Um, you know what I kind of want to get after, like, um, first off, I want to get, like, a... Oh, yeah. So, this is just something I read earlier today. And it's not really a, like... I don't think it's a really fun fact, but... Um, so, when Adams was, like... And I'm paraphrasing. When he was traveling... He would always be constantly looking for a towel when he would stay in, like, hostels or, like, hotels and stuff like that. So that's why, like, the whole towel thing is, like, always, like, bring a towel. Yeah, I totally forgot to mention that part with the towel, like, the don't panic. Yeah, don't panic is the Um, first thing. uh, What is the other one? The fish one. So long and thanks for the fish. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like, there's so much. We went to, what was that, like, um... Um, Winnipeg has this thing, it's like, oh no, it, um, it's like called Yuri's Night. Yuri's Night, yeah. And the, I think it was the first time we went. Yeah. Which was probably, I don't even know. I don't even know. We had, like, little stickers that said, don't panic. Yeah. Or keep calm, or something, I don't know, it was like, don't panic, keep calm, or something like that. Yeah, something along the lines of that. But I wasn't like super into the story at that time i had just watched the movie and like that was it for me (laughs) i'm pretty sure that was the only reason why i watched the movie at that time because i'm like well i can't have the sticker unless i know where it's from yeah so look at us look at us (laughs) who would have thought 
kind of embarrassed, but you know what? We're here now. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. I'm excited to talk about the movie. Yeah. You know what? Um, It's going to be fun because I haven't seen the movie in so long, so... Yeah. It's almost watching it with new eyes, kind of. Yeah, because I don't really remember much from the movie, except... Um, Ken, Ken, not Ken. <laughs> Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, Zoe Deschanel, Sam and Rock, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. I was going to say Ken Rockwell. Ken. I don't know why. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. That's why I was like, just ignore <laughs> Who are you thinking about? I don't Ken know. Rockwell. <laughs> Who is that? Ken Rockwell. Who's that? Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then Alan Rickman is Marvin. Yeah. And then the only other thing I remember is that, like, um, that knife, that burning knife that oh. toasts your bread as you slice yeah. it. Yeah. And that's about it. That's all I remember from the movie. I thought there were, like, some um, prototypes of that, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, like, it on Wish.com or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Or Express or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully next time I can report back and let you guys know how the drink tasted. <laughs> Honestly, I'm hoping I don't have, like, it's a lot of alcohol for one thing. So it's going to taste like, I'm thinking it'll taste um, similar to a Long Island. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can see that. That's that's my thought process. But, but it's gonna, it's, it sounds like it's going to be super strong. Well, Long Island with Sprite. <laughs> yeah, you top it with Sprite, so... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I'll find a different one. Because there was, there was a couple. But this one stood out just because of the spiced rum and Sprite. Yeah. So it sounded a lot more I mean, appealing. If it's supposed to be super intense, like the OG, you know, book I, version, Yeah, my I'm brain is probably... It's going to be like one sip and that's it. <laughs> So, yeah, because 20 ounces, I'm not doing that's that. Not, that's not right. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to go there. But, but yeah. yeah. Thanks. Um, thank you guys for being so patient. Um, I know it's been literally a rocky few months with us, but yeah. we, yeah, life got a little crazy, but you know what? We're doing our best. Yeah. And that's all... Anyone can ask for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you know what? You do your best, too. You're doing great. Thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we try to keep you guys updated with, you know, life and other fun stuff. When episodes are coming out. Yep. And fun behind-the-scenes content. And that's where I'm going to post my... Your links. My links and that how that drink thing's going to go. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of kind of scared now that I talk about it. But it's out there. It's already set in stone. It's happening. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And we will see you on the movie episode. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.